Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The fuel shortage is we're experiencing. A shortage created by a cyber attack. Russian-oriented. Israel has a right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying into your territory. We want a two-state solution in the region, but that doesn't give license to Hamas to bomb Israel. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a political trivia Thursday. We're playing a little bit. Your category, the Battle of Gettysburg. If you're a a Civil War buff, I think you're going to get this pretty quick. So, have you found gasoline yet? As of this morning, 70% of the gas stations in North Carolina were out of gasoline, according to GasBuddy.com. The, uh, well, it was about 24 hours ago to the minute that the Colonial Pipeline started flowing once again. Uh, however, it should be, according to uh, Gas Buddy's Patrick DeHaan, some 7 to 14 days of headaches before it's back to normal. So if you've got a full tank and you drive uh, conservatively, you should be fine. Yeah, I, I have not been, I've, I really have not been out of the office today. So if you're out there and you can give us a uh, gas line update, give us a call, 561-8255. Uh, but uh, did you see on the news? I think I made international news. The United Kingdom's Daily Mail picked up on this in Raleigh. There was a young woman and an older man, both of them a little on the heavy set side, it looked like. They were going at it. I mean, they were pounding each other. It's something to do with, uh, I, I don't know, over gas or something. But uh, it was while they were in line for gasoline and they went at it. Not good. Not, not a real good representation of North Carolina, I would say. Anyway, uh, gas prices are up. And by the way, if you see gas prices go up significantly, gas stations are allowed to raise their rates if the wholesale price to them has gone up. But uh, they are not allowed to raise the rates for gasoline that has already been delivered to them and priced out. So uh, if you think you're being gas gouged, it's probably not being gouged. It's probably a reflection of uh, the fact that the wholesale price has gone up. In the Raleigh area, the average price was two eighty nine per gallon. That sounds about what we're paying here in the eastern part of the state. So anyway, uh, apparently the worst of the worst is over. People who are fully vaccinated against coronavirus no longer need to wear masks while indoors or outdoors. This from the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, announced that during a White House COVID briefing earlier today. Now, what's interesting about this is I skimmed this article pretty thoroughly and did not see anything about, okay, if you have natural immunities from having COVID, then you don't have to wear a mask. I didn't see anything about that. All I saw was if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks. So, I mean, is this... A, a hint at at the passport that some people are advocating? Are you going to be asked, 
if, if you're indoors. So and now the CDC said this today. So I'm assuming now you can go to the grocery store and you don't have to wear a mask. Are they going to ask you or is there going to be a sign on the door? You don't have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated, to which I would say it's none of your business. Somebody just tweeted me and uh, messaged me and said, this woman tried to break in line in front of the guy. Then they spit on each other. Then they went at it. That's nice. (laughs) Boy, you can really tell. People are a little, little anxious, a little selfish. I got to get my gallon of gas. Carolina Journal is reporting the National Hockey League's Stanley Cup playoffs start this weekend. And uh, it turns out that the Carolina Hurricanes might be at a disadvantage to their uh, opponents. Why? Because uh, Coop is only going to allow about 6,000 people into the uh, Raleigh Arena. And uh, other venues across the country, they're playing the Nashville Predators. And uh, when they get up to Nashville, they're allowed to have 50% capacity. As will the uh, Predators, which is is about... So there'll be about 6,000 fans at, at the PNC Arena in Raleigh while the Predators will have 14,000. Other uh, playoff teams, Tampa Bay and Florida and Miami, will be closer to 50% capacity. I'm not sure if 14,000 is 50% or maybe that's even more than 50%. But uh, they'll have a lot more folks cheering in the crowds than the the, uh, Hurricanes will. Uh, uh, Well, the state legislature is uh, proposing a, uh, well, at least they're they're asking. They're sending a letter. Senators Amy Gailey from Alamance County and Lisa Barnes from Nash County sent a letter to Coop asking him to reverse his decision, allow the Hurricanes their application to increase capacity limits during their upcoming playoffs. Now, with the CDC coming out and uh, saying that, you know, you don't have to wear a mask indoors, Will will that invigorate Coop to allow more folks into the arena? I mean, this has been a a, a lousy eighteen months. Coop, you you would really you know I think your uh, popularity would go up if you just would uh, let go of your Barney Fife authoritarianism and allow people to uh, enjoy their their freedom. Will Coop do it? I, well, by the way, June first is the is the next uh, cutoff date for when we'll hear from the emperor again. We'll see what he says. Uh, the News and Observer also is reporting North Carolina lawmakers voted uh, yesterday to allow any elected official to carry concealed weapons inside the General Assembly, including themselves. But a different gun right bill, House Bill two hundred, failed to pass. That would have allowed people to get permanent concealed carry permits instead of needing to reapply regularly. The bill had been planned for a vote, but was removed from the calendar at the last minute Wednesday, which means, I mean, this is the last week for crossover bills. So this uh, probably means that will not happen in this session. Uh, Wednesday votes were the last before the crossover deadline when most votes have to pass at least one chamber uh, to have a chance at the rest of the session. The vote Wednesday on House Bill 47 would allow concealed carry at the legislature 
was mostly along party lines. Every Republican and five Democrats originally voted for it, although two Democrats later changed their votes to no. On the final vote, every Democrat voted against it. Now, you got to remember why they do that. They have three votes, so when they go out and are running for re-election and you have a bunch of uh, citizens, voters, that come up and say, why did you vote against that? Oh, no, 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 I voted for that bill before I voted against it. This was asked for by many members of the House and the Senate, said Keith Kidwell, who was the sponsor of the bill. Of course, Keith is right here from Beaufort County. The bill must now pass the Senate before it can go to uh, the Gov to be vetoed or signed into the law. Gee, let me guess. Let, let me go way out on a limb here, and eh, I'll just I'll take a stab at it. I think I'll veto it. What do you think? The bill would go beyond letting lawmakers carry concealed weapons inside the legislative building. It would apply to every elected official in the state. Hmm. So that means the Gov, city councilors, school board members, soil water commissioners, the whole the whole gamut. If you're an elected official, you can uh, you can carry. Why are we even funding security? Asked Marsha Morey, a Democrat from Durham County, uh, who was uh, opposing the bill. Why are we even funding metal detectors? We're putting everyone at risk with more guns that come in. She said, "Really." Yeah, I, I have to give kudos to the News and Observer because when they posted this story, they actually had video posted with the story of a situation which happened, I don't know if you remember it, it happened a while back down in Fort Worth, Texas, where a gunman entered the, the, the uh, sanctuary during the worship service. This gunman comes in and starts shooting and... An individual had concealed carry, got up and killed him. Now, not before he had shot a couple of other people, but uh, how many people would have died had there not been somebody with their concealed carry on them? <laughs> yes, and the News and Observer had this video on their website next to the story, which I was shocked because, if anything, that kind of video is the reason why Keith Kidwell and the Republicans voted for this bill. You know, I don't, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking police officers. I'm not knocking the security. They do a great job. But they can't be everywhere. And when somebody pulls a gun in your face, <laughs> yeah, you, well, hold on. Before you shoot me, let me call 911 and get some security over here, please, sir. On Wednesday, Representative Candy Smith, a Greenville Democrat, proposed a compromise which people could carry guns inside many parts of the legislative building, but not on the floor of the Senate or the House, to prevent, to prevent unintended consequences when lawmakers gather together. Like what? I mean, why are, why are people so scared of, of a gun in the hands of a trained and look I'm, I'm all for it if you're going to carry you and if you're con concealed carry you've got to be trained but well, why is everybody so afraid of a gun inside a law uh, in the hands of a law-abiding citizen um anyway her her uh, amendment was voted down that's not going to happen um, these would be uh, similar to rules for Congress where lawmakers are allowed to have guns in their offices. What Her proposal would have been similar to uh, Congress where lawmakers are allowed to have guns in their offices and on capital grounds but not in legislative chambers. However, apparently there are a couple of uh, 
members of Congress that said, not me, I'm carrying. Um, Kidwell asked Republicans to vote against Smith's proposal. Tim Moore called for a voice, voice vote on the amendment in which lawmakers don't record their votes but yell out yes or no. Moore then decided Smith's proposal had failed. Kidwell said keeping guns banned inside legislative chambers would make the, cha- uh, the changes in the bill meaningless for any lawmakers whose offices aren't in the legislative building. Bingo. Representative Amber Baker, a Democrat from Forsyth County, says she knows some fellow Democrats have concealed carry permits, and she's considered getting one herself, but she said they shouldn't be armed while debating bills. <laughs> Why? I mean, do you think they're going to get that upset that they're, you know, if if some Democrat is upset with a Republican, they're going to get that upset or vice versa, and they're going to draw a gun on them? Come on. She said police officers have shown they can make bad decisions. Now, now Amber Baker is an African-American woman. She said police officers have shown they can make bad decisions and kill people when they feel under pressure, particular people who look like her. Come on. As a person of color, I'm constantly in fear of possibly losing my life to an officer that may not be able to handle himself under pressure. She said she doesn't feel that way about every police officer, but if she can't always trust trained officers, she worries about letting untrained people carry guns in a building where pressure and emotions often run high. Yeah, let's just... uh, Again, these are the same people that want to ban police. Let's empty the prisons. Let's ban police officers. Give me a break. In the waning hours of crossover week, the North Carolina House passed a bill to open new funding sources and add flexibility to charter schools. This is a good situation. House Bill 729 passed the House 63 to 52. The bill would make several key changes to the state's charter schools law. Charter schools have matured to the point where they accept uh, they are accepted across the state. They've earned their place in our educational system, said Larry Yarborough from Granville, the bill's primary sponsor. Under the current law, when a charter school dissolves, all assets of the school go to the local school administrative unit overseeing the charter. Under HB 729, capital-sourced assets would be exempted from that requirement. Another change would be to allow counties to make direct appropriations to charter schools to buy real estate, furniture, school supplies, school technology, and other capital equipment. The bill also requires, now this is interesting, this this should really help charter schools. The bill also requires funding parity between traditional public school students and charter school students. It is the intent of the General Assembly to ensure that all state funds for public school students attending charter schools are provided in amounts on a basis comparable to funds provided for public school students attending other public school units. A fourth provision of HB 729 allows charter schools to meet the yearly requirement for instructional days through a combination of in-person and remote instruction. Uh, Positive uh, changes for charter schools. I mean, charter schools, while uh, there have been different uh, opinions of how well charter schools have done overall. It seems like they are popular, they're growing, and North Carolinians want more of them. So uh, good for uh, the State House and State Senate for passing that. We've got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about, including a new poll from uh, Civitas. We'll talk about that. How 
popular is Joe Biden amongst North Carolinians? You'll find out. Stay with us. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Did you know that today was National Apple Pie Day? Sounds good to me. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to get any, but sounds good to me. Uh, It was 157 years ago in 1864 that the first soldier was buried at Arlington Cemetery. Confederate prisoner of war who died at a local hospital, so they buried him on the grounds of the estate that was being used as the Union headquarters. This would have been a good uh, political trivia question. Uh, What was that prior to being Union headquarters? It was the uh, family plantation of Robert E. Lee's wife. Yeah. Taking a look at your weather forecast, it looks uh, pretty good in the coming days. Tonight it'll be uh, cool with a low around 43. Tomorrow's sunny with a high near 72. Pretty out today, by the way, in the uh, mid-70s. Friday night, clear around, uh, around 47. Saturday, high of 73 with lots of sunshine. Same for Sunday with a high of 75. And Monday, more sunshine and a high of 77. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. The place is looking great. They've redone all the greens. They are not all the greens. I'm sorry. They've redone all the bunkers. They have uh, redone the golf uh, cart path. The uh, clubhouse is completely redone. They've gotten all new furniture for the pool. The pool will be opening in uh, just a few weeks, a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, So if you want to be a part of the best, Give Ironwood a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. Go on out and talk to uh, Jenna at uh, Ironwood. She'll give you the uh, guided tour. And listen, if you want to get into golf, John LaMonica, the pro out there, is one of the best uh, teachers that you'll find anywhere. Again, be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club, 252-752-4653. You'll meet some great folks at Ironwood. So the uh, new poll from Civitas came out this afternoon. And according to this new poll, nearly six of 10 North Carolina voters likely to cast a ballot in 2022 are a little concerned with uh, Cousin Eddie's administration that they'll do too much to increase the size and the role of government. I think that's the understatement of the century. That includes 27 percent of Democrats. 56% of unaffiliated voters, and 97% of Republicans. Now, you expect that from Republicans. The the positive news there, I guess, is the unaffiliated voters at 56%. But yet a quarter of Democrats, they even worry about it. Nearly half, 49%, are very concerned. 25% are not concerned at all. 2% are unsure. A majority of North Carolina voters also believe the country is on the wrong track, 55% according to the poll results. Hard to believe it's that low, to be honest with you. I mean, really. uh, I I guess you got to figure there's a lot of people out there that still think, oh, we can get free stuff, and you don't have to worry, just print more money. And I I, I assume that that is just really the reflection of an uninformed voter. According to poll results, only 39% believe the United States is headed in the right direction that's a 16-point golf, one of that uh, has widened since the spring Civitas poll. In March, 52% said 
said that uh, the United States was in the wrong track. Uh, 42 said it was in the right direction. Uh, when it comes to the governor, North Carolina gives higher marks to Roy than Biden. When asked to assess the job he is doing as governor, 53% approved, 41% disapproved. That's, that's just hard to believe. Now, Civitas is, you know, Civitas and John Locke, they've, they've combined efforts. I, I don't question what they've done. I, it's just, it just boggles the mind that Roy Cooper could have a 53% approval rate and 40% disapproval. It boggles the mind. In the General Assembly, the poll shows the Republicans maintaining their within-the-margin-of-era lead over Democrats as the 2022 election looms. Well, it's still a year away, more than a year away. 48% would vote Republican if the election were held today, up from 46 in March. 44% would choose a Democrat for the legislature, down from 46 in March. So, uh, look, next November is a lifetime away in politics. But uh, nonetheless, positive news. Dan Bishop has introduced a bill in Washington, D.C. It's called Stop CRT Act. And it will stop CRT, critical race theory training, in the military. The Stop CRT Act seeks to ban the use of federal funds from being used to promote, train, or teach critical race theory in government agencies, not just the military, but in all government agencies. And look, this is happening big time. The uh, Stop CRT Act would stop the following. Stop any race, any, any propaganda that race is inherently superior or inferior to any other race. It would stop the United States, um, that it, the propagation that the United States is fundamentally a racist country, that the Declaration of Independence or the United States Constitution are fin- fundamentally racist documents. And listen, th- that is going to be one of the key issues, because the only way they're going to get rid of the uh, Constitution is to c- declare that it is a racist document written by racist white males. Uh, it goes on to say an individual's moral worth is determined by his or her race. That's going to be stopped. An individual by virtue of his or her race is inherently racist or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. An individual, because of his or her race, bears responsibility for the actions committed by members of his or her race. <laughs> wow. So in other words, yeah, you know, if you have some white supremacist that goes out and does some terrible Violence and it, it happens, obviously. I'm mean, like that jerk that ran over the girl up in uh, Charlottesville a couple of years ago. So I guess I'm responsible for that because he did it, and I happen to be of the same race. Isn't that calling? Uh, is is that not what we fought, fought against? The st- stereotyping of people, the bigotry that everybody you know. Well, if you're a white male, you're all act the same. The STOP Act would apply to the promotion of CRT or related training material. Also, uh, North Carolina representatives um, Madison Cawthorn and Virginia Fox have also introduced the Peace Act. Uh, Basically, it would remove critical race theory from the classroom. Critical race theory is a cowardly attempt by those who hate this nation to rob the cradle and rewrite American history in one swift move, said Cawthorn in a statement. 
The Alatolas in Iran train their children to hate America abroad. Now the radical left wants to save Iran the trouble and teach our next generation to hate America at home. Well said. (laughs) That is very well said. America is not a racist country. We are a collection of the failures and successes of past generations to create a nation grounded in the idea that all people are created equal, Virginia Fox said in a statement. That is what our schools should be teaching our youth, that no matter your background, there is room for you to succeed in America. This will this bill will prevent the Biden administration from indoctrinating our children with a left-wing racist ideology. You know, I have said for years on this program that the conservative movement will really gain momentum big time. And, and we've been doing this, we're, we're in our 12th year now doing this program. And I said this 12 years ago, that when, when black Americans realize how important the conservative cause is for every American, minorities, Caucasians, African Americans, Indians, you name it, the conservative movement is there for everybody. And we will know that the conservative movement has arrived as we see more and more African Americans become a part of the conservative movement. Here in North Carolina, we've got Mark Robinson, who I hope is our next governor. Interestingly, up in Loudoun, Virginia, which is not too far outside of D.C., a relatively affluent, and I wouldn't call it a conservative area, but they are pushing CRT in the Loudoun County school system. Now, the Loudoun County school system came out and said, oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're not doing that. Um, but we are offering equity coaching, and we're offering equity work, and we're teaching systemic equity assessment. <laughs> Folks, that's code speak for CRT. I mean, it, it's amazing the semantics and the nuance that these authoritarian liberals play. That is code speak for CRT. I wish I had the name of this woman, but last night they had a come-to-Jesus meeting with the school board, the Loudoun County School Board. This woman who is speaking—this is cut one, Clark—this woman who is speaking is African-American. This is just a piece of what she said, but boy, she let them have it. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now I have a dream that we will implement love, not hate, or supporting another Jim Crow's agenda. CRT is not an honest dialogue. It is a tactic that was used by Hitler and the Ku Klux Klan on slavery very many years ago to dumb down my ancestors so we could not think for ourselves. CRT is racist. It is abusive. It discriminates against one's color. Let me educate you. An honest dialogue does not impress, oppress. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice. It's to communicate with deceiving, without deceiving people. Today, we don't need your agreement. We want action in the backbone for what we asked for today, to ban CRT. We don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them. Think twice before you indoctrinate such racist theories. You cannot tell me what is or is not racist. Look at me. I had to come down here today to tell you to your face that we are coming together and we are strong. This will not be the last. Greet and meet respectfully. Uh, Yeah, she was pissed, as were a lot of uh, parents not just for the CRT issue, I'll get to the other issue in a second, 
But um, they are so irritated at the Loudoun County School Board. In six hours, they've gained 1,500 signatures in six hours in a recall effort to the school board. And folks, listen, listen clearly. If your kids or or grandkids are in public schools, you need to find out what they're teaching. Don't think that, oh, here in eastern North Carolina, that would never happen. We're talking about a school district that's just a few hours away from us. It's happening here in North Carolina. The other issue, though, that uh, parents were a little upset with, and I'll be honest with you, I... You know, there are kids that are in the car as mom's going to baseball practice or coming home from ballet or whatever's going on in this kid's life. You know, I'm, so I'm not going to go into details on this because there's kids in the car. But parents were infuriated in the same school district because in English classes in high school, some were freshman introductory classes, others were senior honors classes, they're asking to... They're, as an assignment, they're told to read books that are, I'll just say, they're pornographic. They're pornographic. And uh, the Daily Wire and other media outlets, you can go on and go, go to the Daily Wire and you can find excerpts from these books. One of the books is entitled Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany Jackson. It's, it's pornography. It's written pornography. And... And the school system said, well, you know, okay, well, you don't, you, we're not going to force you. You can pick another book. We're not going to force you to read it. But they didn't say, well, they're going to take it out of the curriculum. If you object, oh, if you're overly sensitive, if you're overly sensitive, then you can go ahead and pick something else, and we'll isolate your child as being a prude. Now, I'm talking about blatant garbage that these high school kids are reading. And believe it or not, some of the administrators and some of the parents say, oh, they know about that anyway. What are you, a prude? Talking about African Americans, black Americans, and the conservative movement. We have, I'd like to consider him a friend and someone we've had on the show numerous times, Mark Robinson. I'm trying to name drop, but I really like the guy. I hope he's our next governor. In Virginia... They have got a lieutenant governor nominee in the Republican Party. Her name is Winsome Sears. She is a black female. This is cut to uh, Clark. Black female, Republican Party, just nominated to run for lieutenant governor just as last week. First black woman. I'm the first black Republican woman, but I'm the first uh, Republican to represent in a district that I did, which was 60 percent black since 1865. So thank you for uh, letting me clear that up. Now, I do want to to say that we are all about uh, school choice. We must have parental school choice. I just heard the segment on uh, critical race theory. It's nonsense. And it says that it's a prima facie evidence. So on its face, as soon as we see a white person, well, they are racist, clearly. And so is everybody else in their family. It's going to be detrimental to our schools. And it's not what we want. It's supposedly to help someone who looks like me. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being used by the Democrats. And so are many people who look like me. Thank you. Thank you. And look, black conservatives, you need to speak up just as she did. And many of our listeners do. But the idea is you're allowing white liberal progressives to use blacks as a pawn. 
and that's to, to promote critical race theory. And it's, it's the same racism that we fought is, is just in reverse. And again, they would say, wow, you deserve it. I mean, certain liberals would say that. You're, you're, you're guilty because you're a white man. Why? Because you're a white male. I mean, the illogic of progressives is mind-boggling. The city used to say it's a mental disease. Hey, let's lighten up. Let's play a little political trivia, shall we? The Battle of Gettysburg is your category. 561-8255. Got a great prize package. Political trivia when we get back. My producer thought the program was over, apparently. <laughs> Welcome back in. Time for political trivia, 561-8255. Your category today, the Battle of Gettysburg. Your prize package includes a free oil change for a car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach, a $60 diagnostic card from University PC Care for any iPhone or PC repair. A gift card for a free round of golf with card at Ironwood. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, US 70 West in Havelock. And a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up, from down to Moorhead City, we've got Phil on the line. Hey, Phil. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. You ready to play? Yes, sir. All right. Are, are you a Civil War buff? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a buff, but I've, I've been to Gettysburg a couple times. All right. Well, maybe you're going to know this then. Here's your question. The Battle of Gettysburg is considered the turning point of the Civil War, and yet this battle's origin was triggered over something relatively minor as compared to the significance of the entire war. What triggered the actual engagement at the Battle of Gettysburg? Oh, man. Uh, I would say uh, the cavalry, I guess the, the Buford's cavalry was out scouting, and he was I, this is like an accidental uh, skirmish. Yeah, you're 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 really really hot, but why? Let me ask you this: Why were they out? You were so hot. Why were they out? Um, they were. I were they? they were they looking for uh, the Red Cavalry? Ah, that's not it. But oh, you're so hot. You've given great oh, hints to the I next know. guy. Phil, thanks for calling. Thanks for playing. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Al at Emerald Isle. Hey, Al. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear Phil's answer? I did not. Okay. Well, let me ask you the question again. The Battle of Gettysburg is considered the turning point of the Civil War, and yet the battle's origin was triggered over something relatively minor as compared to the significance of the entire war. What triggered the actual engagement at the Battle of Gettysburg? I have no idea. <laughs> Take a wild guess. <laughs> okay. Um, well, think about it and call us back. 561-8255. Let's go to David in Edenton. Hey, David. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Did you hear the question? 
Yes, I did. What do you think? Did you hear Phil's answer? Because he he was really yeah uh, yeah. That was a good I, hint. I think I know it. Okay, what was it? They were out trying to get shoes. That's it. That is it. The battle was triggered because the Confederate Army was foraging for supplies. Specifically, they were looking for shoes when they ran into Union troops. David, congratulations. Have you been <laughs> to? You. Uh, have you been up to Gettysburg? I've been there several times. Okay, well, it sounds like you are a Civil War buff. Yeah, yeah, I read a lot of the Civil War. There you go. Well, you got it. Hang on, Clark's going to get your information. We got a bevy of prizes. We're going to get out to you. Thanks everybody who called. And uh, David stole your thunder. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations, David Roth of Edenton, North Carolina. He got our political trivia right. The Battle of Gettysburg was triggered because the Confederate Army was looking for supplies. Specifically, they were looking for shoes when they ran into Union troops. Major General Henry Heath was a nearby cash down. He had heard that there might be a railroad warehouse near Gettysburg with a stockpile of shoes. Like all of Lee's troops, Heath was under specific orders to wait for the arrival of the full force. Before doing any fighting, Heath was one of the first to arrive at Gettysburg on June 30th, 1863. Heath ordered Brigadier General Johnston uh, Pettigrew to search the town for Army supplies, shoes specifically, and returned the same day. Pettigrew ran into Union troops. Despite Lee's orders, he ended up starting a small skirmish, which ballooned into the Battle of Gettysburg. There you go. Congratulations, David. We'll get those uh, prizes right out to you. Free Beacon is reporting Vice President Kamala Harris's most controversial family member continues to post her thoughts on social media. Maina Harris has weighed in on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict equating the Palestinian cause with that of LGBTQ and women's rights advocates. <laughs> this woman, <laughs> uh, where do these ditzes come from? One cannot advocate for racial equality, LGBTQ and women's rights, condemn corrupt and abusive regimes and other injustices, yet choose to ignore the Palestinian oppression. Maina Harris wrote this on an Instagram post. If you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have just chosen the side of the oppressor. That sort of sounds like critical race theory, doesn't it? Better known as Marxism. A Washington Free Beacon analysis was unable to find instances of Harris expressing solidarity with women and LGBTQ individuals residing in the Palestinian territories, where human rights groups have uh, documented widespread abuse and discrimination. So this niece, Maina Harris, the niece of Kamala Harris, she is saying that how can, you know, if, if you do not have empathy for the Palestinians and LGBTQ causes then you're, you're not really sincere. You're, you're not a real advocate for those people. Um, listen, uh, Maina, according to Amnesty International, women in the West Bank and Gaza routinely face discrimination and violence, including killings as a result of gender-based violence, 
which was responsible for at least 37 deaths in 2020. Members of the LGBT community are denied the freedom to exercise their rights, particularly in Gaza, where the penal code criminalizes consensual same-sex activity and makes it punishable by up to 10 years in prison. That's the good news. That's if they don't throw you off the roof of a building, which they have done. The West Bank and Gaza rank among the most dangerous places for LGBTQ travelers to visit. In 2019, a gay rights advocacy group was barred from holding an event in the West Bank after authorities threatened to arrest the participants. As a result of the rampant discrimination they face at home, some gay Palestinians seek refuge in Israel. (laughs) Oh, if these people would only take a look at uh, what they're saying before they say it. I, I mean... Uh, They're called useful idiots, and they've been around for a long time, and they continue to uh, serve the narrative of progressives, useful idiots. I think she qualifies. I don't know if this is uh, accurate or in in terms of uh, uh, crediting this to the founder of Dubai, Sheikh Rashid. He was asked about the future of his country. Uh, but this is good. Again, I, you know, this is one of these things you see on uh, you see on the internet, or somebody emails it to you. But this is good. Um, Sheikh Rashid was asked about his country. He replied, "My grandfather rode a camel. My father rode a camel. I rode a Mercedes. My son r- rides a Land Rover, and my grandson is going to ride a Land Rover. But my great grandson is going to have to ride a camel again. Why?" Hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create difficult times. Many will not understand it, but you have to raise warriors and not parasites. And add to that the historical reality that all great empires, the Persians, the Trojans, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, And in later years, the British all rose and perished within 240 years, each rotted within. America has now passed that 240-year mark, and the rot is visible all around us and accelerating quickly. We are past the Mercedes and the Land Rover years, and the camels are in our yards. And 75 million Americans demonstrated last November by voting for Joe Biden that they know nothing about history and or think we should all be riding camels. Get ready. We might not have camels, but uh, the Mercedes and the Land Rovers, uh, they're going to be dissipating. Hey, thanks for uh, playing political trivia. Thanks for tuning in. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.